Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today it's another bite-sized episode and I want to talk about whether I think it's necessary to deal with underlying trauma or the root cause when you are healing from an eating disorder. Now, I know from social media like Instagram and TikTok, um, a very simplified version of eating disorder recovery is often put across. The message is often very much, you know, just eat all the foods, stop dieting and kind of off you go into the sunset and all will be well. And of course, eating all the foods, working on behavior change is a fundamental part of recovery, recovery. But arguably, if you just focus on changing the behaviors and you don't look at the roots, then you could be stuck possibly in that quasi-recovered place where if you haven't worked out kind of why you developed this eating disorder in the first place, if you haven't really sort of looked at your beliefs, maybe where you've got blocked with coping with emotions in a more healthy way, maybe you haven't looked at why you don't feel good enough for whatever reason, what can happen then? You might be implementing behavior change, but you could still be left in a place where you are still very preoccupied with food, you still have some behaviors, but they have been reduced maybe significantly, but perhaps you're still not feeling good enough and in a fully recovered place. And I think it's so interesting actually because of Obviously, there's so much value in the behavior change side of things. I don't want to give the message that I don't support that because I use that as a large part of the way I work with people. And I think, again, if you just look at the root cause of things and you don't work on the behavior change, then again, people will often come out the other side of that. I'm sort of thinking of um, more traditional psychoanalysis where you may have weeks and weeks and weeks of really diving deep into the depths of your psyche and you might come out with such a good understanding and awareness and be able to interpret things very well but you may still be stuck in the symptoms because of you haven't implemented the behavior change so i think again it's just really important isn't it that we often need both elements nothing is black and white so Something that I am thinking more and more as I work as a therapist is that we all have trauma. Now, for some people, obviously, they will have experienced what I would call the more kind of obvious trauma. You know, the traumas we tend to think about, things like abuse or neglect or maybe adverse childhood experiences. I think historically we would have viewed trauma very much as those things and we may not have recognized many of the other traumas that can happen in life. But I guess as a human being, everyone has trauma. Everyone goes through stuff. It's part of being human and it's a normal part of life. And I think, again, I'm just sort of realizing more and more that I think, you know, mental health has only been talked about much more openly with much less shame and stigma in very, very recent years. So we've often got parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who have had very, very challenging experiences, probably experienced some trauma themselves, some emotional neglect, maybe over control, maybe very conditional parenting, and just sort of growing up as well in very stressful 
hard times, you know, with the wars and all of that, you know, many, many things um, back in the day were just very, very difficult times to live through. And back in the day, you know, you just had to sort of suck it up and get on with it. And um, mental health wasn't even a thing that you could really talk openly about. So there was so much shame and secrecy. So I think many people in our families are doing the absolute best they can um, but may have experienced their own traumas, but may have never really had the time or finances or, you know, opportunity to work on what's happened. Um, so, of course, they're unconsciously passing things on, which we're all affected by. So I think, again, you know, I feel very privileged and relieved to be born in the time that we're in where we can actually access therapies more easily and get support, although we still have some way to go. And then I was thinking also about the trauma of diet culture itself. <laughs> you know, the pressure to conform and be in a smaller body, the weight stigma, the fat phobia, all this kind of unconscious, um, these unconscious beliefs that so many people kind of hold and um, we're exposed to them all the time. And the external validation or rejection that we receive in response to how we look. And I think many, many people have just experienced this growing up and have had a lot of messages fed to them and there is some trauma kind of carried from this. So maybe that sounds a bit dramatic, but I think the more I think about it, actually, so many of my clients have experienced things in relation to weight, shape, food concerns, which have really impacted them for the long term. So we've got to remember as well that the eating disorder, it often appears to be all about food and body image, but ultimately it is a psychological coping strategy not one that someone chooses, but there's usually something beneath it. And there's usually beneath the layers of the onion, there's something about not feeling good enough. Now, when you're a baby and you're born into the world, you were born feeling good enough. You know, as a baby, a baby will just cry and ask for what they need. The baby doesn't have shame. The baby um, is just very open and vulnerable and, you know, requesting what it needs. But of course, as human beings, as we grow up, we experience life. We experience our family, school, friends, relationships, bullying maybe, divorce, bereavement, maybe parents just being really stressed and dealing with like running two jobs and um, I don't know, having to look after um, unwell parents and all these kind of things. You know, life is busy, busy and stressful. So I think it's very challenging as a human being, to be fair, to get your needs fully met. It's really, really hard. I think with the best will in the world, you can have really loving, supportive family. But if that family is sometimes dealing with stress, if they're multiple siblings, if there are multiple things going on, it can be really, really challenging to get your needs met. So emotionally, I think many of us just haven't always got what we needed, even with people doing the best they can, and even when you know that you're really, really loved. So what happens as well, I guess, when we experience these, some of these experiences, maybe we don't often process the loss, the trauma, whatever happens at the time, and it impacts our mental health as we grow up. So we may, um, you know, not be very good at processing our emotions if we had to keep our emotions inside. We may people please to survive. We may have felt we have to be perfect. So we kind of like always show up in a very conditional way for the world. And um, we might have developed an eating disorder as a coping strategy. And the, co and the eating disorder is like a life raft when life was probably a bit chaotic, a bit out of control, and it was a safe thing that we could cling to. I think as well, if you've been shamed or humiliated, um, you know, for who you are, you might 
understandably not feel good enough and feel really, really unworthy. And that can often be at the roots of an eating disorder or another mental health condition as well. And I think back to when I was growing up and some things happened in my environment where I was told quite a lot that I was incompetent. And that word used to really, really sting me. Um, you know, today I can actually say it in you know, quite an emotionless, unaffected way because it's something I've really, really worked through. But I remember there was a time where the way I saw myself was very much as being incompetent. I'd really internalized that very, very strongly. And I felt so much shame about that as well. I really felt like I am wrong. There's something massively wrong with me. And um, I really felt very damaged and very flawed. And I guess because I felt like that, it then influenced everything in my life. You know, for how I sort of showed up with friends, the relationships I chose, the choices I made, the way I took care of myself. You know, when you're feeling that you're really flawed and wrong and there's something, you know, something not right with you, um, it's really hard to um, show up in the world and then be treated, I guess, in a way that you're going to get respect and, um, you know, have healthy relationships and all those things that we really want. So for me, I went to therapy quite a lot in my 20s and worked on a lot of that underlying trauma and it really, really did help me along as part of my journey in healing. And I guess it helped me really understand the roots of the unworthiness and the feeling of, of incompetence. I understood then as well how my eating disorder was helping me cope, how it was the survival strategy. I understood as well why I had difficulty with expressing my emotions, even feeling my emotions. I would often feel, if someone would ask me how I felt, I would just become a bit dissociated or just go into sort of fight flight mode and I had no clue how I felt because um, I was not familiar or used to being able to express my emotions in a safe way. I learned to be much kinder to myself and to understand why I had such a strong inner critic and I began to learn how to parent myself in a different way. And I began to be less strivey and less always in the fight flight system and to learn better ways of like soothing, regulating my nervous system and um, really coming back into a place where I felt a lot more calm and content. And it wasn't, I just went to a few therapy sessions and all of that fell into place. <laughs> I remember like quite often I'd come out of therapy and I remember like walking down the steps after sort of leaving my, um, you know, the therapist practice and um, sometimes just feeling really tearful and really low and just feeling a bit hopeless and despondent. And um, I couldn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel then. I couldn't really see how this was helping me, but I guess there was something in me that knew I needed to go back. So it's not easy work. And I guess, I'm, am I saying here that everyone should do it? No, not necessarily. I think it's important that you, if you're going to go and do this kind of work, that you do it um, when you have a bit of breathing space in your life, maybe, where you have a bit of time to reflect, where you're not juggling multiple things. Because of when you do open up the box and start to talk about things that you haven't explored, it can be quite difficult and you can feel worse sometimes before you feel better. So it's probably quite important to, if, you are, if you're listening to this, thinking about getting some help, um, you might want to consider, is this the right time? So I definitely didn't 
enjoy my therapy not all of it I mean as some aspects I did it was very helpful to be listened to and to be validated and to be heard you know have my own experience heard for the very first time but I am very very glad I did it because I think investing in myself in that way in my 20s has then made my 30s and now my 40s so much easier because of um I was able to sort of change direction with certain things that were not leading me down a good path and sort of take a, a new road. And I think if I hadn't done that work on looking at the deeper issues and exploring things and understanding myself better, I think I would probably be further down that unhealthy road today. So reflections for you to take from this. Um, so I guess firstly is even just to begin to consider if you're struggling with an eating disorder you may never have thought about it in a psychological way before you may have never considered it as a coping strategy you might just have be you know quite mystified by the whole thing so perhaps a helpful first step is just to even to consider what may be underneath you know what things might have triggered it what things may have influenced your self-worth how you feel about yourself not feeling good enough and just sort of tentatively like explore that if it feels safe you could talk to a friend open up to someone that you really trust um, again I think you don't have to like open up about everything all in one go you can do it a little bit at a time and you can you know you can dip your toe in the water see how that went and then if it feels safe you could do a bit more and you might only want to go there in the safety of therapy where you feel very safe in a therapeutic relationship, where you have a length of time in therapy where you know that you can open up. So you're not gonna like unravel and then the therapy's gonna end because I think that's quite important as well. Sometimes you need time in therapy to be able to talk about these things. Um, and I think in therapy as well, you don't have to open up about everything all in one go. You can take it in baby steps. That's completely fine. That's probably more healthy for you as well. And the other thing that can really help with processing all of this is journal, meditation, you know, talking to a friend, joining a support group, but going inwards, going into your inner world, actually beginning to, ex to explore really, you know, what are your thoughts and feelings? What's kind of going on in your mind? Um, and again, that can feel quite scary, but you can start that again in a really sort of small way by doing a bit of journaling, or you might be someone who's very creative and you might find that that outlet is more suited to you through art or music or something else. But ultimately as well, you can choose if and when you're ready to go down this road. And I would say, you know, it's so worth it in the long run and um, it's hard work, but, um, you know, it does make life so much better when you have processed a lot of that stuff and you are freely out the other side. So I hope you found this episode helpful. If you're not following me already on Instagram, do seek me out at the eating disorder therapist underscore and for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. I cannot speak. <laughs> And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.